Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, September 21st. Today on the show, I will issue an apology to all of you. Who can challenge Alabama? Who should be in the top four right now in college football? We take a look at two promising statistics for the defense from Sunday's win over Seattle, but we begin with some of the unsung heroes from the Titans' victory over the Seahawks on Sunday. If you are in the market to buy a house, if you are in the market to do a major remodel, if you are in the market to add a new wing to your home, any of those things, any major financial decisions with your home, you're going to need to talk to the Kingston Group before you do that. BuildKG.com is the website. Go look at their work. Go look at their process. And tell me that you will not be better off having at least a conversation with them. You will make a smarter and better decision even if you don't use them. I promise you they want what is in your best interest for your home. So just give them a ring. Go check out the website, BuildKG.com, and remember the name The Kingston Group before you make any major financial decisions about your home. For three quarters, the Titans looked completely overmatched against Seattle on Sunday, a continuation of the rough performance in Week 1 against Arizona. That all changed, of course, in the fourth quarter, and mostly because of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. But it also happened because the comeback was a total team effort, and a lot of other names deserve some recognition for their performance on Sunday. Guys that we did not have a chance to mention yesterday on the show. Julio Jones finally arrived and played like he wanted to make a statement. He caught six passes for 128 yards, including a few big plays at key moments. He also became the fastest player in NFL history to reach 13,000 yards receiving, shattering Jerry Rice's record. And anytime you shatter anything of Jerry Rice's, you've done something special. This will also sound weird, but it's worth noting as we continue to analyze the offensive line. David Quessenberry and Ty Sambrello playing left and right tackle on Sunday. Both played 100% of the snaps. They allowed a total of zero sacks, zero quarterback hits, and one combined quarterback hurry. This team is definitely better with Taylor Lewan in the lineup, but both tackles played far better than I realized, and probably most fans. Is it sustainable? Who knows? Maybe not. But that was pretty high level of competition, and they held up admirably. New kicker Randy Bullock missed a field goal on Sunday. But he also made four others, including the game winner and all three extra points, including the game tire. Has this problem been fixed? Of course not. But he had a really good game on Sunday, especially considering it was his first game with the team and he had to make a couple of really pressure-packed kicks. Who knows? Maybe he'll actually bring some integrity to the position. On defense, Christian Fulton is a guy who played extremely well, totally shutting down DK Metcalf. The star wideout had one catch for eight yards on five targets, and Fulton frustrated him all game, even drawing a penalty and a benching at one point. Danico Autry, Big Jeff Simmons, and Harold Landry need some shouts as well. The trio combined for two sacks, 11 tackles, and 20 pressures on the day. David Long needs some love at linebacker, filling in for Jayon Brown with six tackles and playing in the dirty areas all game long in basically what amounts to a safety's body. It was an impressive showing by the undersized linebacker. And according to Pro Football Focus, if you're into that, T.R. Tart, Chris Jackson, and Kevin Byard were the highest graded defenders of the day. Do with that information what you will. As is the case with any dramatic comeback, you need an entire team making plays in every situation, not just the star running back and franchise quarterback. And after diving deeper into the numbers and re-watching the game, it is obvious that this is what the Titans got from a lot of under-the-radar players on Sunday. It's only been two games, and by no means has the Titans' defense showed the marked improvement Titans fans were hoping for. 
The Tennessee Titans are 24th in total defense, 31st in points allowed, and 29th in yards per play defense. Not great, Bob. But they have faced two of the most electric quarterbacks in the entire world, and maybe there are two areas that fans can focus on to provide some optimism. Third down defense and pressuring the quarterback. The Titans have five sacks through two games, averaging two and a half per game. Last year, this team collected just 19 sacks at 1.2 per game. Again, it's only two games, but that's twice as many per game as last year. And more importantly, they got to Russell Wilson in overtime and made arguably the most important play of the game, sacking him on a critical third down at the goal line. Which, of course, is an example of the other stat we're talking about that is mildly encouraging. Third down defense. One of the main reasons Tennessee was able to make the comeback and win on Sunday were critical third down stops late in the game. The Seahawks were just 4 of 12 on third down, including three stops at the end of the game that helped the Titans complete the comeback. On the season, this third down defense is still not great at 44% for the season. But that's 23rd in the NFL and not a historically, epically record-setting dead last in the NFL like last year. So I guess it's a mild improvement. These are two areas that were a huge focus in the offseason, and through two weeks, appear to be improved. The question is, can the Titans continue to sustain or even improve these numbers as the season goes along? With the Colts, Jaguars, and Jets and their combined 0-6 records coming up for the Titans, I would hope to see more of what we saw on Sunday from this defense. It is a Tuesday, so I will give you my top four teams in college football, and it is very hard to do. Alabama's clearly number one. Georgia is clearly number two. But after that, you could probably make the case for, I don't know what, four, five, six, seven teams to be three, four, and five. Ohio State has all of the offense, none of the defense, and a loss. Clemson has all of the defense and none of the offense and already a loss. Oregon's got a chance to be probably one of those teams, and they have one of the best victories on the road against Ohio State. Oklahoma has struggled but is still undefeated and has all of the pieces, offensive and defensive pieces, to be a playoff-caliber team. Iowa and Penn State both have high-quality wins in the Big Ten. Texas A&M is still undefeated but is playing with the backup quarterback. You're starting to get the point here, right? There are a lot of really good teams behind Alabama and Georgia. I don't know if any of them are great. I'll go with Oklahoma and Oregon at 3-4 and four for now. I do think Clemson and Ohio State are going to win a lot of games in their conferences because they're just that much better than the rest of their leagues normally. But I'm starting to get concerned that there's not many teams out there that are truly great. Now, that could make for a fantastic season, a replica of the 2007 season when it was completely bonkers and a two-loss champion won the whole thing in LSU and you know Missouri and West Virginia almost played for the national championship. But right now, outside of Alabama and Georgia, I'm not sure I see a team that is capable of going through the regular season unscathed or even with one loss and then capable of winning a conference championship game and then two playoff games. Alabama and Georgia feel like the best two teams in America, and I have no clue who's three and four. This podcast, the 440, is brought to you by the Kingston Group, the great folks over at buildkg.com when you are ready. When you are thinking about making a big purchase or doing some big renovations, doing some big work on your home, just remember that name. Call them before you make any decisions. They will help guide you through the process. Trust me, they are the name you want to work with. The Kingston Group, that's buildkg.com. So I have to issue an apology today on the show for my picks against the spread last week. One in five, one in four, whatever it was, it wasn't pretty. And I need to be held accountable. 
demerits, lashings, whatever you want to give me, social media, ratios, that's fine. I deserve it because I was terrible last week picking against the spread for college football. I'm ashamed, and it won't happen again, and I will do better this week, I promise. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you for listening. At Braden Gall on Twitter, of course, if you want to send mean tweets. I'm all about it. Please take time out of your day to insult me. I'm honored. Please share the show as well. Thank you guys all for listening. Of course, this has been the 440 for Tuesday, September 21st. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. 